Welcome to apparently a very mysterious episode of Tasting Anarchy. I was going to say, we might as well just have the X-Files theme. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, that was not the uh, intro music Um, I planned to click on, but I thought it was... It's good enough. It's good enough. It was, it was very nice. Like yeah. it was very like kind of fun sounding. But I was sitting there going, I was expecting that like kind of high energy thing, and then I was like, okay, um, yeah. we've gone completely different. So this is Mason Joseph, joined as yeah. always by Jacob Lindsay, and yeah. we've got a maybe an abbreviated episode today. We're both kind of tired, and so we'll maybe actually I'm not tired. I, I, I know I should go to bed, but I know that I will also stay up and read more stuff. So, because because of my obsession and my and my like need to sit there and calculate and do stuff like that, um, which is my current obsession and it has been for several episodes is options trading and stuff like that. But I was gonna say it never really never wasn't your obsession, but yeah, that's true. I think probably the entire time we've been doing the show, I've I've been interested in it, and it's just is more interesting to me now. For some that's, reason, yeah, that's very fair. Yeah, uh, and but there's never something that is going to make be too interesting to me that will make me not interested in wine, which is what we're here to talk about tonight. Yes, uh, I think usually you review the, your wine first, but I'll go ahead and review mine first. Uh, you showed me what you were going to drink this week in a text, and when I was at. Uh, Kroger, I went and looked and I went, wait a second. Your wine is not going to be available here, probably. <laughs> uh, it's probably going to be available in, in a very limited range on the East Coast. But <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, well, what am I feeling? What did we talk about recently that, that maybe would, you know, tickle my palate? And uh, so I went ahead and went with a Zinfandel. Because uh, we've, you know, we've mentioned Zinfandels the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Uh, I think I had a Zinfandel not too long ago. I think either on the last episode or the episode before. Uh, but that's what I'm into right now. And uh, of course, Zinfandel is a grape that is famous in California. And I went with Baran, uh, B-E-R-A-N. Uh, it is a Sonoma County Zinfandel. It was uh, $17 at Kroger, at least at my Kroger. And uh Really, I think actually quite worth it. It's ABV is a uh, 14.8%. Um, it's a great representation, I think, of a good Zinfandel. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of bold fruit flavors, mild tannins, uh, kind of that sort of like buttery vanilla flavor that I like, uh, which I think is from oak. And um, yeah, just a just a generally good, easy to drink Zinfandel. It's not it is high alcohol, you know, it's pushing mm-hmm. 15%, but it is not boozy at all. And it is just a, an easy, easy drinking red wine. Uh, it would go great with any sort of red meat, um, or anything that's kind of heavier and with fats and stuff like that. So if you're at all interested, good acidity too. Uh, yeah. And if you're interested in, in this kind of red wine, it is just, it's easy drinking. Nobody would be offended by it and it's 17 bucks. So not a bad bottle of wine at all. Yeah, Good looking label too. And this was uh, California, right? Yeah, Sonoma. Sonoma, Sonoma yeah. Ooh, Sonoma, that's a little different for Zen. I mean, you yeah. know, for us what, at least. Yeah, I, I don't think we've really done. I, I honestly don't think we've actually done that much from Sonoma. Uh, I think, I think we've, we've done some. Have, but I think it's been never. Been like, a while. 
Well, no, I don't think it's ever like we specifically went out and got a Sonoma-based wine. I think you used to get stuff that would have, you know, maybe some Sonoma in it. And I think that's kind of the thing is like, you know, Sonoma has like a lot of good um, vineyards in it. But I'm of the impression that, you know, they probably have some less than optimal growing seasons and stuff like that. So they, they might have a little more like, oh, you're drinking this wine and it's got a Sonoma, Sonoma in it that sort of thing. And like, I think we've gotten some cheaper ones, maybe in the whites or like I might have in the past. It's possible. Well, you know, I could be completely wrong, but yeah. well, you know, one of the things about Sonoma that like my impression always of Sonoma was that it was priced a little bit lower than Napa, but wasn't mm-hmm. quite the Napa quality. And, and f- as far as like price goes a little too high for, what was being provided when you could just go over well and and i'm sure that people who are big wine fans will laugh at me but when you could go over to lodi and get pretty high quality wine to me i mean like or at least very enjoyable wine yeah and uh at a substantially lower price typically yeah and that's the thing is like sonoma is not sonoma but like lodi isn't oh excuse me but like lodi is definitely it is like I, I think the people who would look down on Lodi unless they were like an actual winemaker and just said, like, I don't like the fact that they're fruit bombs, you know, kind of like, yeah, or like, hey, I don't like the practices that they use. I think a lot of those people who would be like poo pooing Lodi to you, it's kind of like you're just being snobby for being snobby, yeah, you know, yeah, that, or, I think that's true. Or if they were like, yeah, you know, this one I'm at is Sonoma and I got like food poisoning. I know it wasn't from it, but like it's it's just kind of jaded my opinion. It's like, okay, yeah, that's a totally acceptable positioning. But I think most people who would kind of like crap on Lodi, it's like, did you go to Lodi and have a problem? Like, you know, that's just me. I think that's where a lot of people are would just be, you know, needlessly crappy. Yeah. But, and I mean, yeah, I mean, your wife is from the, that general area and like mm-hmm. – I like Lodi. Like, I don't really, I, I, I'm not from the valley. I'm from up in the hills, but mm-hmm. like Lodi to me, like, it, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's like farm. It's like farm town. It's like, it's really, it's just a nice area. Now, from my understanding, it's, it's a little bit more high crime and stuff like that nowadays. But like, as far as like their agriculture goes, like they produce good food. Isn't that where, isn't that where the artichoke festival is? There might be one there. I don't know for sure. I think I think that is. I could be wrong, but I I went to the artichoke festival once. It was pretty cool because, and that's apparently like a big place where they grow artichokes. I'm not actually mm-hmm. a huge fan of artichokes, but uh, kind of I don't know. I like I don't know. I like I like the area. I like I like that whole part of California. This yeah. even even the even the Bay Area. I like even though they're full of weirdos and crazies. Yeah. But you know, and I love Northern California <laughs> everywhere. But yeah, yeah, I love the Bay Area too. Yeah, but yeah. No, like so my. My wife uh, is from Stockton, and they they have the asparagus festival, which apparently they're holding again this year. Um, oh, nice! In May. Okay. So you know, I don't know if they're telling the uh, good old Newsom to go blow a horse or something, but yeah, right. <laughs> well, well, we'll see what happens with that. I know that like people are uh, in California are pushing back. You know, Texas we just opened. Yep. Uh, well, we will be on Wednesday. Opened one hundred percent, according to uh, our governor, Governor Wheels. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, which Michael Malice says he won't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, 
<laughs> just like that congressman he had on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just same thing. Apparently, that congressman uh, had got. Uh, actually, you watched the episode. The congressman like taught him how to like get a suit tailored for somebody in a wheelchair. I thought that was no, no, the really interesting. The congressman how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I thought that was like really interesting. It never occurred to me that that would like be an issue, but it makes sense that you <laughs> need to get things tailored slightly different if you're always sitting. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's one of those things where like, I think in the back of our heads, we knew it, but until somebody went, Hey, like that guy looks frumpy and you're like, Oh, he does look frumpy and he's in a suit. Like, you know, you, you would notice it or maybe you and I wouldn't, but (laughs) you know, like, yeah, Yeah, I walk around in sport, sport shorts and a t-shirt all the time. So yeah. Nobody would, nobody would think that I was, uh, overdressed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know me, I like to dress up like to a point. Um, but yeah, if like I didn't work somewhere, I'd probably be wearing to do like, I probably would have to like redo my house cause it's cold Yeah, more than I would like it. So I would probably end up like wearing a significantly different like set of clothes. Yeah. Um, but that's just me cause I'm a little weird on being cold <laughs> these days i hate it <laughs> well i do i kind of do too and that's yeah. uh that's well, why texas is usually generally good for me but uh although two weeks ago i guess it was not it did try to murder you <laughs> did it did but you know today this morning i was out laying down in the backyard hanging out with the dogs and it was you know 75 and beautiful Speaking of which, I think that my loquat actually didn't die. I remember telling you that I think that it, it had gotten killed by the cold because it was in a pot mm-hmm. that was too big for me to bring inside. Yeah. It's got a couple of little new leaves on it, so I, I'm really hoping that it comes back. I think it might have nice. been – I think the leaves just died. But anyways, that's not that's not relevant to the show really. Uh, what are you well, drinking tonight? So I had a – so I've been in this quandary of – wanting to drink less. So like I've been trying to have less alcohol during the week with my alcohol focus being maybe the bottle of wine for the show. Mm-hmm. And we also haven't released a show in like That's a true. month. Um, I know so, I, I'm, I'm really behind the, yeah, really behind that. I, I, I need to, um, I, I want to say that I've been too busy and, and kind of I have been, but also it's but more been that too busy just, doing it, with your own silly. Yeah. Just like, just interested like, in other things. Yeah. 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 Like we feel like we're recording the show. We like wine. We want people to hear it, but it'd be really nice to have like a VA that just yeah, made that it just go it for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I almost wish that it would just automatically release. I mean, from can, can like, you set Zencaster to do that? I don't think so. I think okay. I, I I always have to download it and then upload it to Anchor and then oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, but may, maybe we could figure something out. We'll, we'll figure it out. I, I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna probably release. I think we discussed it last time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna release several in a row just in yeah. one week, and then just I'll, I'll pull down you know the six episodes or whatever that we have in queue, and then just release them every other day until we're caught up. Yeah. So. You know, I've been I've been trying to drink less, so I've been also like not that I have like a higher budget necessarily, but it's more like, okay, if I'm gonna spend my limited drinking resource of i.e. the time that I'm drinking, 
I want to have something that, not that I like necessarily, but I don't want to have like an adverse reaction or just not get a good bang for the buck. So I've been looking at reds a lot and kind of also going like, well, I want to get something from like a foreign country because I'm, I've got a big wanderlust kind of going on right now where I haven't left the country in a while. I haven't traveled anywhere, you know, other than like to the Eastern shore in a while. I mean, like the last yeah. time I was on a plane was go to Childerberg and come back from Childerberg. Um, it's not that I like Texas is an exotic. Texas is definitely very different than Virginia, but it, it's still like, America. I've been to Texas, yeah, but I haven't been to like Missouri. Right. You know, right. or like Nebraska. Like I've been through those places, I think, but like I haven't, you know, spent a bunch of like I haven't gone to Wisconsin or yeah. like the upper peninsula of Michigan. Just kind of different yeah. places. We, we, yeah. I, I I get I that that makes a lot of sense to you. I mean, the, one of the reasons why Victoria and I are gonna go to Freedom Fest this year is because it's in South Dakota. Oh yeah, you guys and, are you guys are going? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I haven't got the tickets yet. I'm going to get them before the end of the month because then they go up in price. But like, they've got a lot of speakers that I want to see, mm-hmm. a lot of investment related speakers. But then also, like Tom's going to be there. Tom Woods, yeah. uh, Dave Smith is hosting the entire thing. Um, a lot of people that Victoria likes are going to be there. You know, JP Spears, who does like he's like the a ginger guy who does like funny videos. No, um, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, that's fine. She she likes him a lot. I like him a lot too. He's going to be there and do like talk about like how to do comedy in the like the age of canceling and stuff like. But w- the other reason that we're going is you know how often do you have a reason to go to South Dakota? Yeah, and, and like, but at the same time, I want to reward the state for not locking down. Like, I want yeah. to give them my tourist yeah, dollars, send money, and yeah, it's not un- and it's not super expensive, and that that's kind of the thing is like. You know, you and I have talked about this before of just getting to a place financially where, you know, we could both be like, okay, you know, on Friday, we're going to fly to Seattle, Mm -hmm. spend the weekend in Seattle and be home on Tuesday, you know, and just if we didn't have to be at a job, just do things like that, like go to each state capital and just kind of. Like, oh, you know, what'd you guys do this year? Well, we, you know, we went to each state capital together every, every couple of weeks. We, you know, hit a couple, you know, maybe like yeah. spent a week hitting three, like hit all the West Coast. And then, you know, just and, and it, you know, that, that like, that's so funny that you bring that up because, uh, you know, my grandma is getting up there in, in years and she's had some health issues or whatever. That was one of the things that we used to do when I was a kid was uh, hit state capitals. That was like, and, you know. It seems kind of strange because like I growing up in California, which is a huge state, we traveled all the time to other states. Mm-hmm. And when I lived in Virginia, maybe once in a while I'd go to North Carolina, but I just didn't yeah. really go anywhere. Like, but everything there is closer. It's it's, it's such a strange difference. It's like when I was a kid, we went we had one trip. I went with my grandma and my grandpa. No, no, this was actually no, this is after my grandpa died. So just my grandma took me. We went to, we went down to Sacramento, and mm-hmm. and just went to the Capitol building there. We went to, uh, I think uh, Carson City, which is the capital of Nevada. We went to, is Salt Lake City the capital of Utah? Because we went to Salt Lake City, but I don't remember if we went yes. there because it was the capital. Okay, so we went to Salt Lake City. We went to Billings, Montana, but I don't remember 
I don't think Billings is the capital. I think Helena is the capital of Montana. Helena is the capital, yeah. Yeah, we went to Billings, Montana. We went to uh, we went to we went yeah, to Billings. Just... We went to Cheyenne, uh, which is the capital of uh, Wyoming. We went to Rapid City, South Dakota, and Aberdeen, South Dakota, and uh, whatever the hill is in the Black whatever the Black Hills uh, yeah city is there. Uh, and then on the way back, we went like a little bit south and like hit up several of the capitals in the states, like south of all of those states. So like uh-huh. it was, it was kind of that same sort of, like what you're talking about. It was just like let's just hit the capitals of different states. And it, yeah. and there was no reason. It was just I was homeschooled. We wanted to go on a trip. She wanted to go out and see my cousins in Aberdeen, in South Dakota. And so we just went all we just all we just not all of us, her and I took this long trip together where we just hit capitals and I did my schoolwork in the car because I was homeschooled. So sort of what you're talking about though is like just why you know, there's no there's no specific reason to hit capitals other than it's kind of cool. Or like yeah, it's, or it's a or it's guided to some degree, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is there can be a lot of culture in the capital for a yeah. lot of states because like you know, so many people in the state travel there for other reasons. And, and so that's kind of the thing is, you know, we've always talked about like, and not always talked about, but like wine is kind of like a adventure in a bottle. Mm-hmm. So I got to Kroger this weekend and I was looking around and I was like, okay, I've, I can't come back with like a, oh, this different Tempranillo, you know, from Spain. Mm-hmm. Cause like their section is so small. And I couldn't find like a exotic Zin, like locality wise. I'm sure there was you know plenty of exotic flavor flavor profile Zins there, but that's why I was just like looking around. And then I remembered they have a Virginia section, so I went over to the Virginia section. And one of the things that in my mind is Virginia is not a red wine state. In my mind, because yeah, okay. Nye is so like good here yeah it it's is like no it's a white state because of <laughs> that sounds being, yeah. stupidly right. racist but you know like it, it that's what i think of is like vignette and like some chardonnay but like virginia also does red wine and virginia does like cap franc and like why excellent cap franc yeah exactly but i had been up since like four in the morning as i was telling you like on saturday and or yeah, on Saturday and not like, because like I couldn't, like, I just, my daughter woke up early and my wife got her back to sleep and I didn't really know what was going on. And then like, I tried to fall back asleep and I just couldn't, and that's fine. So it wasn't like, you know, I had anything to do. I just was awake. So I went like, Oh, I'm going to take a look around. And so there's Jefferson vineyards and they've been around for like 40 years. And, you know, I think you and I have had, something from Jefferson before, or you've had something from Jefferson. Sounds you know, familiar. It, it's not an unknown winery to us yeah. necessarily. If I told you, Hey, there's a Jefferson vineyards in Charlottesville, Virginia. And you'd be like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, you know, so yeah, it definitely sounds familiar, but I, I probably, you know, would not off the top of my, I just Googled it and it says temporarily closed. Uh, but off the top of my head, I would not. Um, yeah. I, w- I don't think I would like, recognize it specifically and this thing is you might you might not you know it's just one of those things it's but it's like 
clearly there's going to be a Jefferson Vineyards in Charlottesville. Like it's just yeah. kind of, that's Charlottesville thing is right. Jefferson. So I was sitting there going like, okay, well, I could get a Vignet. And then I was like, well, no, I've had some heartburn issues with whites. And then I saw that they had a petite for dough. And I was like, okay, I don't really like if you say like, Oh, we're going to drink a Zinfandel from like the central Valley. I really kind of know what you're talking about. Oh, we're going to drink a Virginia cab franc from the Eastern shore. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've had the only one that they have out there. You're, you know, like there are certain red wines where I do know them. It's like, you know, you're, your favorite, um, you know, like left bank wines, like you have an idea yes. of what they're going to be like. Right. But Petit Verdot, I was like, I really don't know off the top of my head. So I grabbed their 2018 Petit Verdot and super dark in the bottle, super dark in the glass, but not as dark as the wine I had last week. Um, so like I could see more purple on the edge, uh, very floral in the, the bouquet. Um, and that's where like, so to me it was like, I, I didn't really get that, but my wife did. And I was drinking it cause we were watching the neighbor's dogs and they're bigger dogs than my dog. So, and one of them jumps and she, I mean, she's still like two under two. So like the dog, so she jumps a little bit. So I was like, oh, I'm going to put my cap on my wine cup. And as you know, when you do something like that, it does change the flavor of the wine. And mm-hmm. I really didn't think about it. And this is my first trying the wine as I put the cap on it. So I was like, okay, this is very dry, which I was like, oh, Petit Verdot. That kind of makes sense in my head. Jacob's had yeah. Petit Verdot and talked about it on the show a couple of times. I've had it. We, we, we've both had a, uh, a 50-50 blend of yeah. Petit Verdot and Petit, Petit Syrah. Oh yeah, Petit, yeah, no, yeah, no. I think you're right. I think it is Petit Syrah. Yeah, Petit is, Petit. Uh, Petit Petit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I which I do regularly drink. It's one of my go to. You know, yeah. Michael David Vineyards. It's affordable. It's good. They do they do several very good, mm-hmm. um, inexpensive wines, and one of them is Petit Petit. Yeah. So you know, I I kind of I was like, okay, this makes sense, and I was like, okay, it's not jammy, but there was definitely raspberry there. So I came back and my wife had had some like just an upset stomach a lot of the weekend. And I was like, well, do you want to try this? And she's like, well, no, not right now. Let it open up. Cause I was, had my second glass, but I had like the cap on still. (laughs) I was like, well, it's not going to open up with the cap on the cup. So I let her try it and she immediately took the sipping cap off. And I was like, why didn't I do that on the second class? Yeah. Cause I wasn't going back <laughs> over to the dogs yeah. and like, it's not like my daughter was running around like a maniac. So she wasn't going to make me spill it. So she tastes it and she's like floral in the smell. And I was like, okay. And then she's like meaty. And I was like mm. meaty. What? Mm. Like the first glass wasn't meaty at all. And I took a sip and I was like meaty. Hmm, I get it. Like this makes sense. Um, yeah. The, I like rest that flavor. Of the, the rest of the bottle really didn't have like a meaty notes to it. Um, okay. very raspberry. Um, it like, to me, it was very dry. Wasn't acidic really. Wasn't really tannic or anything like that. Um, really, you know, so that's interesting because 
as a blending grape, it is usually not a primary grape. Mm-hmm. It's usually used in blending and it's used for adding tannins, deep color, and floral uh well, I wouldn't say floral. It's it's used to add um aroma to the wine. Yeah. So, so flavor yeah. wise, it's it's not supposed to be particularly overpowering, but it's supposed to be extremely tannic. Very deep, full colors to add that kind yeah. of well, very, very grapiness to it. Definitely deep color. And that's the thing is for me, when I also said to my wife, very rem- 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 reminiscent of mm-hmm. Concord grape, mm-hmm. like Concord grape jam, which wasn't bad. You know, it, like it wasn't like full on Welch's, but it was close. And the second glass I had today, like I finished the bottle and I, you know, I usually leave a, like a sipping, like a, a tasting amount, like no more than a tasting amount, maybe like an inch in the cup is what I usually leave when I'm trying to leave something to take notes on and definitely more raspberry and all that stuff. But so this is how they describe it. A bouquet of dried fruit and oak led to a vibrant palette of red berry and black tea like flavors. The bright lingering finish is filled with raspberry notes and warm tannins. Definitely raspberry notes. Um, Red berry, definitely on the front. Black tea, you know, like I drink kombucha, but I don't drink black tea. So if it had like black tea notes, I thought my wife would have picked up on those. But, you know, kind of to each his own. Um, So the nose. So that was the general description. And then they had a wine profile. So nose, dried red fruit. Tobacco, oak, palate smooth and integrated with vibrant fruit and black tea. Finish bright, acid, raspberry, and sandy tannins. So again, okay. like they're saying like acidity and tannins on the end, and maybe those were there and I just wasn't really getting it, um, yeah. but definitely dry. Um and then the raspberry and the red fruit, I totally get. You know, I know tobacco, like you know, I I don't smoke cigarettes, but I do will smoke a pipe of tobacco and I will smoke a cigar, um, cigars more frequently. So like I'm used to that sort of flavor, but like I didn't get any real tobacco notes in it, but like, I think they're so apparently, um, so it's 13.5 alcohol by volume bottled on July 14th of 2019. They say medium tannins, nine months in Oak. It doesn't say what Oak, but that's pretty neat to see that it was on Oak. They have, yeah, a lot of varieties of Verdot. Um, so they've got 2016, they have a reserve 2017, they have a 27, just a standard 2017. I mean, they've got a lot like Verdot seems to be like one that this winery does a lot of, or at least has a lot of variant of. Um, so I think it was listed for maybe 23 bucks was like the kind of going rate. I either paid 19 or I paid 23, but like wine club members for the winery, if you buy three bottles, get it for 23, 16. And I was Hmm. either less than that or equivalent. So pretty good, you know, six, six bottles for 21, 17 from the winery, which sometimes wineries are more expensive than the retail shops. Sometimes not just kind of depending on that. But, you know, I was in that price range would totally recommend it. If you don't, drink a lot of Virginia wine and you wanted to try something different, definitely give it a shot. 
Yeah, I think I think we should do in the not so distant future is maybe order from a couple of Virginia wineries mm-hmm. something that can ship out to me. One is the Cab Franc from Green Hill. I would mm-hmm. really like us both to do a review of that. So that might be a good episode to do where we order Cab Franc. And let's see what what is Green Hill. I'll pull it up real quick. Uh, Green Hill, Virginia Winery. Uh, yeah, this is it right here. So let's see what what do they got. I would love to do the Cab Franc because that was actually my first Cab Franc, and mm-hmm. what really turned me on to liking Cab Franc was Green Hill Winery's Cab Franc. And and I think I probably talked about this before. Is that was the first wine where you know people always were like, oh, this is buttery, this is buttery or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is the first one that I tried, and I was like, whoa, it is buttery. Yeah. Um. That I think I went up there with Nate. Nate and his dad and Victoria, I think. Uh, I know definitely with Nate that you went. Yeah. I don't know if it was with Victoria, but you may have gone back with Victoria at some point. Like I know, could, That could be. Yeah, their Cab Franc is yeah. $50 a bottle. Uh, maybe that's one that like we'll have to fi- we'll have to do a special tasting on that because that's, that really was my introduction to the Cab Franc, Franc world mm-hmm. was Green Hill. Um they also have some nice red blends there. They're, it looks like most of their wines are a little bit higher priced. It looks yeah, like they're they're a higher priced winery. Yeah. Plus, I mean, like with everything that's going on, um, you know what I mean. Like inflation yeah, wise, yeah. like prices are going right. Up. But the you know it's one of those ones where, like, and this is one of those things we keep saying. And maybe because I mean you're coming out here sometime for Nate's wedding. Uh. I don't know if it's going to be there. I don't know if his wedding's going to be in Virginia or Illinois. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Because his wife is from Illinois and he met her in Illinois. Yeah. I, I, ho- I hope we're not giving away information that he cares that we give away. But I, th- I think his wedding may be in Illinois. Okay. Well, I was going to say, if it's not, that might be the time to do yeah. kind of not like a wine tour necessarily. Because uh, this, as of this point, I'm not invited, but that – you know, you're a little more. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were roommates in- for <laughs> on and off for five years. So, <laughs> yeah. But like, also like, you know what I mean? Like if you're going to be in it, that you generally kind of tell somebody about that more than before you would send, say like a save the date for a friend who I guess that's true. Yeah. Just allowed to attend, you know, it's just it, it, like not allowed. Yeah, and like, I'm pretty sure if you're like, hey, is Mason invited? You know, I don't think Nate would say no necessarily, but he might have just said, I hadn't thought about it. You know, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't be disappointed necessarily. I would be kind of like, oh, okay, you know, I can understand. I mean, like Nate was at my wedding um, and was glad to have him there, but like, I also wouldn't be sitting there going like, I'm never going to talk to that son. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. you know, he and I don't talk all that often, but like every time we talk, it's like we've not. It's not like we have – it's like we there was no – we don't miss a beat. Yeah. Um, that And you know what? Every time we talk about Nate, I feel like that is exactly – that is exactly Nate. Is that yeah. no matter what, if you haven't talked in six months, every time you get on the phone with him, every time you see him in person, it's like you didn't miss a beat. He's, he's just – he's – you know, I think probably you and I would have that except for you and I talk so often. 
Yes. That there is no missing a beat. Like we talk every single day. Yeah. And actually I texted you this the other day. We've been friends. We've been friends for 38% of our lives. Yeah. And like, it's crazy to me. And you've been friends with Nate for close to, if not the same amount of time. No, no, I, uh, well, probably close, but yeah, I met Nate after I met you. Yeah, but like it wasn't that long afterwards because, yeah, maybe, maybe the next year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, that's what I mean. It's like it wasn't that long later. And I, yeah, I guess the thing is, I think you may, yeah, I don't think you knew Nate yet, but like you knew him very shortly after. And then very, very shortly after that, he was living with you. That's true. I mean, he yeah. he's the type of person. Well, I think you were that kind of for me as well, where it was just like instant, like, oh yeah, we're friends, and we're yeah. going to be friends for a long time. Yeah, and and, then- and I think I think all three of us kind of were in that sort of in that period in our lives, like after high school. Nate, Nate, a little bit differently because you had already gone to college and come back, uh, mm-hmm. and I was still kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do for college. I think I think when you and I met, I was still at ODU or. Uh, at a TCC. No, I think, and then, I think you had actually already started ECPI because I thought it was oh, that okay. you were going to a for-profit college because I just didn't know any better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that might, that might be, uh, and I remember you were at ODU and no, I wasn't, but, I was at TCC still. Oh, were you? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay. So, and then, but Nate, I met at ECPI mm-hmm. and it was, I remember the class we met in, it was, uh, it, it was actually Nate, me, and Kassam were actually all on a project together. That's how I met Kassam. Yeah, and that's the thing is like because you were talking about this guy Kassam, and you started at Payday like pretty much like the like in the spring almost, you know, like very close yeah. to then. So like I think you actually did know Nate then. But I, I did know Nate. I did know Nate before I started at at uh, at Payday, but and it was from when Kasam he and I worked yeah, on this project I, together. I think you knew, yeah. Like you didn't start. You started Payday very shortly after we met. So like I think you yeah. did. I think you've known Nate for as long. Uh, uh pretty close. I, I mean, I, I know that. Like, long, so the the reason yeah, the only the only reason. I don't know why we're like off my, on this Nate tangent. I mean, this is a long tangent. Exactly. The, the only reason I know this is because yeah. we had moved the libertarian meetings to Pembroke. Did I lose you? Before I started at Payday. I was still I was still I working at oh, are you, can you not hear me? Hang on. Can you hear me? Okay, let me try something real quick. Testing, testing. Can you hear me now? Yeah, for some reason, my like either audacity or this either it switched my headphones. Either my headphones died, which is fine. Um, but yeah. So. Okay, so what I was saying is I, I know that I started at Payday after we had moved the meetings to Pembroke mm-hmm. because 
I remember one time I drank too much when we were at the Pembroke meeting. Mm-hmm. When we used to meet, remember when we first started meeting there, we met downstairs, not yes. upstairs. Yeah. And I drank a lot and then came home and dad needed, my dad needed help on the computer. And I remember helping him and he was like, are you drunk? And I was like, yeah, a little bit. And he was like, why did you drive? Yeah. But that's why I still lived at my house. And so when I lived at my, although I did work at payday for about three months when I still lived at my house. So I could have been working then, but I do remember that like Nate and I just kind of clicked pretty quickly when we started doing projects together and stuff at, at school. And that's, and he was like, I like, I went and smoked weed with him a couple of times at his apartment when he lived with, you know, his apartment people. And mm-hmm. I, I remember going there and being like, what the fuck? You have six people living in a two bedroom apartment. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, this is part of like, part of the academic, uh, like assistance or whatever. And I was like, this is insane that you're in a two bedroom apartment with six people. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to move out? <laughs> yeah. I remember. And move in with me. Yeah. I remember. Cause it's like, I went with you there once and my car got towed. That's right. That was at his second apartment. That oh, was that not was at the first second one. apartment. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. a pain in the butt. And the second one was much better than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And actually, that's funny. Is that, that that second apartment, I lived in that apartment complex when Victoria and I first got married when I was waiting for her to move down to to uh, Virginia. Yeah, I remember you You moved there. Like I helped you I didn't like a it. little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was only there for six months or so. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't I didn't care for it. But anyways, <laughs> that was a long 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 tangent yeah. of uh weird tasting anarchy history. If you if you like the Nate Classic stories, uh we have many episodes with him on it. Um at least 3. Yeah. So I mean <laughs> that, that's I think, many. <laughs> yeah, I think the whole point the whole point of the conversation was basically cuz we were talking about like kind of doing a if if the wedding is here in Virginia kind of like driving around in kind of going off that way. Um, mm-hmm. So now we've got like, let's say 10 minutes. So yeah. what's, what's the article that you have? Okay. So let, let me ask you, let me ask you just uh, a question and then I'll, I'll take a couple of tidbits from the article. So um, what would you say, you know, tasting rooms have stayed open through COVID, but they've mm-hmm. changed. So the the title of the article is How Changes in Tasting Room Due to the COVID-19 Crisis, let's replace crisis with restrictions, are affecting customer satisfaction and purchasing habits. So as far as customer satisfaction and purchasing habits, what would your kind of prediction of how things have changed as far as, I guess, direct interaction with uh, wineries and tasting rooms what is that? What do you think the COVID nineteen impact has been, and what do you think the lasting ramifications of this are going to be? So, one of the things that I've always thought was interesting about tasting rooms, because mm-hmm. you know, like there's always that kind of snooty wine snob who swirl it around in your mouth and you spit it out, and you don't actually mm-hmm. drink the wine. And I've seen a spit bucket at one or two tasting rooms that I've only ever been to like four or five tasting rooms. And I've never really seen anybody using one, but I imagine on like the higher end tastings, you're not really doing things like that, you know, spitting wine out. 
So another thing is, you know, a lot of tasting rooms, because a lot of the times with like a tasting room, you have people like you and me who may be just in and out and that aren't there really to hang out because we're going to hit two or three. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the people who are going to be there all day. So I think you run into a lot of people who may be thinking, oh, I'm going to go to the winery and be there all day, giving them my dollars. Like, I want them to stay open. But the, in my opinion, the winery might be trying to turn people faster than that. So mm. I think there's the, you know, and, you know, as you and I have kind of talked about in the past, like, a lot of the times, like the tasting rooms don't necessarily have like a great customer service experience yeah. and like not like no no i, I think i know what you're is, saying yeah customer yeah. service is just not their thing right like they're the they're the w- owner's wife and she's nice and she's kind yeah. but like she wasn't a waitress so right. she doesn't really know what she's doing and then like for me like they don't they have cheese plates and like some meat but like not not like the stuff that i want um, right exactly like for tasting so like to me i think it's there's a lot more focus probably on possibly still having higher end events for higher end customers, Mm -hmm. but it's a lot more like get in, get out and a lot more take your wine and go like, Hey, direct selling at the tasting room and much less trying. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. So according to this article, and I don't disagree with you at all. I, I don't really know. I, I've been to one tasting room since the COVID start, and I was very annoyed, and so I didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. Um, being annoyed is kind of my, uh, you know, you know, I have a very high threshold for being annoyed. Yes, uh, and when I get annoyed, that's kind of the end. So it's just like I'm annoyed. I don't want anything to do with this. Let's leave. Yeah. And. And if I'm in charge of the exertion or whatever, uh, I, I would say that I, I've had two experiences with wineries since COVID. One was at Spicewood when we went with the Childerberg yep. crew. I actually thought that was fairly reasonable. Um, I was slightly annoyed by it because it was kind of I, I wanted to, I wanted to do the tastings, and it bothered me that we had to like make a reservations or wait an hour to do a tasting. Yeah. But I also think that might have been kind of normal for them. That could be, you know, yeah, it, it, and it was a little bit of a higher end winery. Yeah. It was a higher end winery. We did just show up and yeah. you know, we could have done that better. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we could, we could have. And, and, and I, and for Childerberg three, I will be, uh, we'll probably be doing the visit to Spicewoods on Sunday mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll be making reservations. It's, yeah. uh, it, it was a little bit different, you know, in non COVID times, I thought that it was just cool to show up. And when, you know, and for one person, you know, I, I did go through Hill country and just like show up. It's one person. And I could do like a tasting of like six wines in, you know, a couple of minutes. And I was also there at the very open of most of those wineries. Cause I left early in the morning. So it was, yeah. you know, Different situation, but anyways, so that one, and then also at um, Messina Hoff in Grapevine here, here near Dallas, uh, the co- whole COVID restrictions on that it was too much, and I was just like, I don't, I don't even want to try it. 
Yeah. Like I don't even want to try any of their stuff because it was such a burden to like get a tasting. There was like signing in for tr- contact tracing. There was all this other bullshit. There was, it was like, oh, we can only give you like sealed tasting glass. Like I, the whole thing was just, I was like, I don't want it at all. I don't want it at all. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, and we went out and got gelato and said, and the gelato was actually really good. But, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so yeah, I, what you're saying, that's kind of my expectations as well. And one of the things that's interesting about this article, so the article, like I said, it, it's um, how changes in tasting rooms due to COVID-19 crisis are affecting consumer satisfaction uh, or customer satisfaction and purchasing habits is by Linda Jones McKee, and it's on um, winebusiness.com. Uh, it, it is interesting. So sort of to your point, one of the things, you know, you were saying that people are more like go in and get out kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, and that is very much the case. So it, it full bottle purchases have risen 32% during the COVID times. And um, the spending per customer went up 20% during this time, uh, as well as the average number of bottles purchased has gone up 26%. So, uh, all like per customer value is much higher. It's volume of customers that has gone down, mm-hmm. and so what they're saying is that uh, it used to be that most customers, uh, most people that would come to a tasting room, they wouldn't make a reservation; they would just kind of show up. And it it is now that seventy seven percent of the visitors are now making a reservation. Uh, whereas previously it was in the low twenties that mm-hmm. would make a reservation. Uh, now it's fifty nine percent prefer ordering half or full glasses of wine rather than ordering a flight, which is interesting. I'm not really sure how that plays into it, and it might be like a um, maybe it's like a service like your expectation of speedy delivery. If you order a flight, you might get like one sip from each glass. Mm-hmm. You know, flights are different at different places. Yeah. Um, I've had I've had flights where it's like, you know, you and I have gone to like breweries where we've had a flight and the and the the flight of beer is like a half a glass of beer yeah. per flight. And it's just like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, holy shit, I'm drunk. Yeah. And I haven't even tried all your beers. Yeah. And then we've also had some where it's like a thimble full. Yeah. And, and, and then yeah, so, yeah, I, so yeah. I would imagine, so this is kind of the way I've, I've been thinking, or the way I would think about it is, you do a flight, and that's one glass of wine. Like, that's what I think it's supposed to work out to be. And then you're supposed to drink, get a glass or off of the flight. So, like, I mm-hmm. did these six, and then I'm going to get a glass of this, and if you have somebody who's not drinking, maybe you get a third glass of your second favorite. Right. But if you're not there for three, you're there for two, you don't get a flight and then one, you probably get the one you know you like. Yeah. Or maybe you do a half a glass of the one you think you might like and then a glass of the one you like and then you get a bottle and you go home. Because like I think that's the other thing yeah. is – like we go out to eat probably once a week, if not more. And, and do you eat? Do you eat in or do you take it out? I 
I would not say I go out to eat if I take it out, but you're right. Got it. Okay. Um, okay. That's why, that's why I was, I was just clarifying that because we eat, we eat out and we very clearly do not take it to go. Yeah. Like it's, it's a point to eat at the restaurant. Yeah. So, so that we get a service, give a tip. Yeah. You know, I, patron, patron, the restaurant, all that kind of thing. Yeah. I like our favorite Chinese place used to allow you to sit down. We can't, they don't offer that at all anymore. So we do, oh, interesting. we do get takeout from them, but they don't deliver. Like they don't do oh, Grubhub. Okay. They don't do any of that. It's you come in and you get it and you leave. Um, and then like, if we're doing a fast food place or like mission barbecue, which I consider fast food, cause it's all, yeah. you're, you're just ordering nine times out of 10, a prepared meal. Then yeah, we get it to go. But like if we go to the beer garden, we don't get that to go. Our, you know, right. Jesse's, the Mexican restaurant, we don't get that to go. Like most of the places we go, we go to eat. And, right. you know, it's also we have a four-year-old, so it's not like I'm gonna drag them out and, and do that. So, but yeah, so like we we specifically go out to eat. But I think a lot of people have been doing that. They're so not so afraid of it, but they're like, okay, maybe I went out to eat twice a month and went to the winery twice a month. Yeah. But now I'm only going to go once a month, which turns into once every three months, because I mean, like, you know, we, like in the dead of winter, especially in the, you know, working in the industry that I do. Yeah. Like December and late November, like we didn't go out really. So we, you know, kind of, had like a drier spell of going out and may have gotten takeout a little more frequently sort of thing. But I think that's kind of the thing is a lot of people are sitting there going like, Oh crap, I haven't gone out in three months, even in places where it's not unreasonable to do so like in Texas where, yeah, you could do it every night if you wanted, there are plenty of places open and you not go to a, not go to a different and go to a different place every time. Right. Whereas like, you know, maybe if you live in, you know, where your grandma lives in California. Yeah, it's tough. There might be no places open, you know. And so I think that's where you're seeing a lot of people are going like, well, I haven't been out to the winery in forever. And they over, not over order, but maybe double their order size. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, the people who just never stopped going, who are like, I'm going to spend more money because there's just less people here. So I think that's kind of the combination you might be seeing. And it also might be, and this is one of those things like, I don't think the article could know how many people are still offering flights. That's actually, that's a great point. I didn't think about that until just now. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder. Um, yeah. And especially because it, do, it doesn't mention it. It just says that this is a preference over flights, yeah. but that may not be a customer decision. It may be, it may be because, Wineries don't know how to seal up the wine, mm-hmm. and that's in a lot of places. You know, I don't, I don't know what Virginia's rules or California rules are. Um, for a while here, any sort of like individual serving was supposed to be sealed, like in like a little, uh, you know, like if they give you like a little bit of sauce or whatever, they yeah. put it in those little like clear plastic yeah, I mean, things. They're still doing that here, but like they never really did that with drinks. Like I never okay. went to a place where like my beer was in like a sealed container. Um, okay. Yeah. The, oh, I've not seen that either. Like when I, cause we, you know, we go to the movies 
I, I know that movies not everywhere in the country are open, but like here, the movies have been open for the last six months or so, mm-hmm. and we go to we go to movies pretty frequently, even though most of the movies right now are not very good, but uh, they just aren't releasing much in theaters. Yeah, we've been we've we've been kind of uh, <laughs> like. Uh, Really pulling at straws to go to the movies. Yeah. And, but yeah, so like they'll bring you a beer and it's in like a regular beer cup. But if you're like, can I have a Diet Coke? It's in like a sealed cup. Yeah. It's like, what? Why did like normally you just bring like an open large cup of Diet Coke and now you bring the sealed cup. So I have to order like five of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, how, yeah. And you know how much I drink. So yeah. it's like, unless you're bringing a large one, which I'm going to order five of normally. Now that you're bringing me a sealed tiny cup, I'm going to order 30 of these. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not it, trying it just to doesn't be, work. Yeah. So, and that's the thing is like, when they say preferences, maybe they're taking that into consideration, but it could be. So yeah. Cause they're saying that like the, it, it's a 59% preference of half or full glasses. See, so the, the way I interpreted this statistic was, um, was service level. Like one of the things that I've noticed about the whole COVID thing, and I understand why it's happening, and I've made it a point to make sure that my tips are as high as I can make them, mm-hmm. uh, is because as far as like service level goes, for waitresses and waiters, there is a tremendous ad- amount of additional work for them to serve people during this whole weird yeah. situation. You know, and so um, when you know, we've gone out several times to different places and it's like 30 minutes for us to get service. It, it's it's basically like, you know what we used to get at um, Kogan's yes. Pizza? That's what, we, what we're we getting normally now. Is that like shitty service where like nobody shows up and it's like, hey, do you need a refill or anything? But it's, it's a different time. It's like they're not busy exactly. What well, They are busy. They're not busy with customers. They're busy with like, bullshit yeah so yeah as far as you can tell it's not like they're sitting there like you can actively see them cleaning yeah and it's like exactly they're running around they're trying to like sterilize shit and like yeah exactly and so like i'm like i get it but at the same time like i'm not super high maintenance and i'm and you know i am saying it victoria is a little bit high to maintenance yeah but but (laughs) like you but you are high maintenance from a different perspective yeah, yeah, you you're do, right. I am, I am from that perspective. Yeah, because yeah. you could be like, look, it's like, a, look, I'm going to tell you ahead of time. Bring me three Diet Cokes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, don't charge me for three, but I'm going to drink three before you can reasonably get back to me. Mm-hmm. And it will ruin my experience if you don't. It's like when we would go to Kelly's when we first met and we would yeah. be like, and we want a pitcher of water. And they're like, we don't do pictures of water. It's like, look, we come here once a month, just tell them it's the, the libertarian guys and they'll give you yeah. the picture. Right. And, yeah, and we, and we always did pictures and we always tipped. Well, yeah. that was the other thing too, is just make sure that, the, that we have full pictures of water because we are going to drink. Yeah. We're going to drink like 20. Yeah. We're going to drink a lot of beer. We're going to drink a lot of Coke and we're going to drink a lot of, yeah. Water. And, and that was the thing. Like, so, you know, I, I think that's one of those things is like, I have not necessarily noticed a precipitous dip in service. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that the service level has generally remained the same. Okay. Like the beer garden still has good service. Yeah. They always had good yeah. service. They're, that's a good place. Yeah. The Jesse's like, 
if you go at the right time, the service has been even better. Really? Okay. And the, 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 uh, the Ghent one or the one at the Ocean outer, View. outer banks. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good one. The yeah. one out there. Well, the one in ocean view is always hit or miss. Like, okay. Cause sometimes like you'll get there and it's like, they staffed for like, they staffed for like COVID time capacity. Mm. Like, Oh, we only expected 25% of the restaurant to be full. And then you'd be out there and it's like 100% full. And they're like, yeah, we ran out of chips. Like we did not wow. think we were going to okay. have, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's late spring and nobody expected a 75 degree weekend. Right. And okay. they were, that you know, sense. it was forecasted for 50 and they got 75 and you're like, oh yeah, Jesse's going to be slammed. So, you know, there've been a couple times like that where it's like, they're very busy and they've got the COVID restrictions. It's like, okay. But like most of the time it's been like better waitresses, like better guys in there. Like, I mean, it's just been better. So yeah. You know, I, I think that's one of those things. But like, I also live in a place that's predominantly funded by the government. You live in a place that didn't really close close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I think we had like maybe one or two weeks where it was like legit close. Yeah. And then, and then it had like, I mean, like, you know how like it was like, we're going to like a certain number of days to close to like uh, flatten the stop curve. the curve yeah. or whatever, flatten the curve or whatever. And it was like, that's legit what Texas did. And then, and then we had like bullshit restrictions, like the mask restrictions and stuff, and and some capacity restrictions since then. But it's it's been more or less, other than the mask stuff, pretty normal for most of the year. It's been annoying, mm-hmm. but like not to the point where it's like, oh, nothing's open. Yeah, and it's just been like kind of like oh, I don't want to wear a mask, and and legitimately I don't because I think it's bullshit and stupid. But like it it's kind of it's just not really been that big of a deal like we've always been able to go to the grocery store we've always been able to at least take out although we don't do take out we mostly do uh we usually try to eat in mm-hmm. um takeout's never really been restricted eat in has been restricted but it's been more of like a restaurant by restaurant basis like yeah. i i would say the, probably the biggest impact is buffets cuz we we like buffets so I think buffets have kind of been the the biggest thing. Exactly. So, um, but but everything else has been fine. Yeah. Uh, Let let me go through some of these other numbers real quick. Uh, So 91% like table service for tasting wines instead of standing by the wine bar. So one of the things they mentioned earlier in the article is that typically people don't make reservations. They come in, they go to the wine bar, and they they ask for tastings Mm -hmm. or a flight or whatever. Uh, now they're so, now they're seeing that there's a larger uh, number of people doing table service, and I'm wondering if that's more of a reservation thing because people are making reservations more often, or if it's that a lot of the bars are closed. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that that seems likely to me. Well, I think you know. If we all thought about this correctly, we would probably think that they vetted that. Like, did you close your bar? Uh, you know, but I, I think so. I, I I would say we we should just assume that they vetted that. Okay. Yeah. The the next statistic is that uh, previously, uh, people didn't really come expecting to learn more about wine, but now under the new restrictions, eighty there's an eighty one percent increase in people seeking wine knowledge than previously. Hmm. 
That's it. That's an interesting statistic. I have no idea. I mean, obviously it's in the questionnaire, but like, I, I wonder if it's because like, if you live near a winery, maybe you will more spontaneously just go there and you're not looking for information. But if you have to plan ahead, maybe you are looking for more information. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're like, again, if that's going to be your only outing. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, I'm going to try to make as much of this as possible, but that also goes against the idea that in and out, but like, again, that's what we thought more businesses would be. So, yeah. Yeah. So then the last statistic that they have is that, um, 46% of customer it's a 40 46% increase in customers already use some form of online wine purchasing. There's a pretty big, pretty big increase in online wine purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's that people who, you know, previously they would have just shown up and then people would have, you know, if they, if I'm not sure how they would have been doing the surveys before, but if they had been like, Hey, do you buy wine online? Previously, not that many people did. And now there's a 46% increase in people who are like, yeah, I, I, that's where I order wine now. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the thing is they, you know, and this is one of those things that like, I, you know, you and I switched to using Amazon for a huge majority of things long ago. Mm-hmm. And you may have, turn, you know, lessened yours or something, but like mine has not abated at all. Oh, no, like, no. I, I would say probably ours is increased like. Gotcha. A hundred percent. Like yeah. we, we order, we order and, and like, I don't feel good about it necessarily, but it's also, it's just so much easier. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, one of the things that I love, it's like Netflix. When Netflix yeah. first came out and was the only streaming platform, it's like, they've got everything. Like Mm -hmm. if you could license it to stream, they tried to do it. And then now you've got all these piddly services that do it. And it's just such a pain in the butt. And that's one of the things like I've always liked about Amazon is like, once you have prime, it's like, yeah, I'm not paying for shipping and it's two days, the vast majority of the time. So like, and, but that's the thing that's driven me nuts is nobody else has kept up. It's not easy to get, it wasn't easy to order alcohol online, even though, and it was expensive and it was cost prohibitive because the government had its stupid friggin' fingers in it every step of the way, you know, right. got to sign all this stuff. And now it's way easier. And like, that's one of those kind of, in my opinion, good thing about COVID because wineries are being forced to adapt. And that's one of the things that you and I have you know, bitched about this entire time is how bad most of their websites are. Mm-hmm. And now if you think about like all of the wineries that you go to, like are like, you know, every winery that I've brought up, they've all had a, not necessarily an updated website, but a very easy to order from website now. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. So, but I got to get to bed. Um, yeah. Oh. We're, and we're over, we're already an hour in. Yeah. So, so we're going to do wrap up stuff. <laughs> yeah. We're tasting anarchy. Follow us. Tastinganarchy.com, Tasting anarchy on Twitter, tasting anarchy at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, we're also on Reddit, Facebook, um, 
probably some other stuff that I'm not thinking of, but uh, <laughs> right. we also have Childerberg. Childerberg is the annual event in Texas. It's going on its third year now. Uh, we are continuing unabated, and now that Texas is fully open or will be as of Wednesday, uh, yeah, fully open, folks. So come out and have fun. It is March 29th through the 31st of 2021. It's going to be the Mule Shoe Bend Recreational Area. Um, we are going to be going out to Iron Wolf Distillery to do stuff with them or do stuff on their stage. We are going to be uh, trying to go up to the vineyard. We are going to be having fun. There's going to be lots of people there. Um, campsites not currently available for reservations, but t-shirts are. So if you go to Childerberg.com, you can order a shirt. That is the primary funding mechanism. Once we hit the funding requirements for everything that we intend to do, um, the press goes to freeross.org um, to free Ross because uh, fuck the government and they should not have taken his life away from him. Yep, exactly. Yeah, he had he actually had a very sad tweet recently where he said uh he was able to spend some time out in the sun mm -hmm. and it took because of all of the COVID restrictions in jail, it took him a few minutes to like be comfortable with being out in the sun. Yeah. And then uh he said, but that once he like was not afraid anymore, like it was it was good. Like it felt good to be out there. So like, think about that too, is that somebody who's been um, sentenced to a double life sentence mm -hmm. uh, plus 40 yeah, for Nothing. having a website. That's just, that's it's, it's agree. It's cruel and unusual for sure. It's a violation of the constitution. If you believe in that. And if you don't believe in it, it's just bogus yeah. on its face for a nonviolent person who, or uh, an anti-violent person. Correct. So one who purposely curbed, bad things on that website and yeah. yeah the government lied on every step of it so exactly uh everybody else do your best stay free yep absolutely stay free everybody have a good night